of my children plays cello and he was playing a concert with a pianist last night and it was so beautiful. It just it just flowed and like like a beautiful stream that just is full of life and God just kept creating this picture in my mind of what our mind is supposed to be like just this beautiful flow of thoughts that align with him and that even when the temptations come and the wayward thoughts come they actually don't need to interrupt that beauty because in scripture god has given us second corinthians 10:5 and so many other verses that teach us how to not enter in to those wayward thoughts or enter in to them temptation just like jesus was tempted but yet he did not enter in to that temptation and so his mind and his life was able to stay beautiful and that's what god wants for us today i'm going to lay out for you exactly how to renew the mind step by step and i'm going to reveal some traps that the devil has laid for us to keep us from having this abundant life but i'm going to let this music play for just another 5 seconds or so and i want you to just really grasp the peace that this music brings and that this is what is available to us when we choose god's thoughts above our own Welcome to the More Power Than You Think podcast. I'm your host Jennifer Scow. Renewing the mind is choosing to give our loyalty to thoughts and beliefs that align with scripture and casting down the thoughts that don't. In 2013, God took me a suicidal bipolar woman and radically changed and saved my life by teaching me to choose his thoughts above my own. My passion is to empower you with biblical, tactical, and scientific knowledge that will equip you to regain control of your thoughts so they stop controlling you. Regardless of circumstances and the messiness of life, claiming and applying the power God has given us to choose in 2 Corinthians 10:5 will lead to you living the abundant life that Christ intended, and it starts in the mind, one thought at a time. In the previous episode, I touched on my testimony that in 2013 I was in a suicidal depression and diagnosed with bipolar and God brought the freeing principle of renewing the mind into my life. And it's based on 2 Corinthians 10:5 which says, "Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ." and we talked about our wayward thoughts being like toddlers who are running around with scissors in one hand and a stick in the other and screaming and yelling and and the mom is just sitting there watching it all happen and not doing anything and that's what happens when we let our wayward thoughts go unchallenged with truth we talked about i gave the picture of the two skyscrapers and how when we 
submit our thoughts to keep them in alignment with God and with Scripture, then it's like our skyscraper stays in this lower position and God's skyscraper, which represents the Word of God and how beautiful and pure and right it is, stays in its exalted position. And we talked about how when we are giving our loyalty to the wayward thoughts instead of choosing to obey God with our thoughts and our imaginations and our choices in our mind, then we're choosing a different authority because lies and truth don't come to the, come from the same place. But in this episode, I want to teach you exactly how to cast down your thoughts. And you might want to grab a notebook and a pen and take some notes as I go. So let's first get clear on the command of renewing your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Philippians 2, 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So the command is to match our mind with Christ's. Now, what specifically are we renewing? Well, it's two things the wayward thoughts and words we speak, and the negative thoughts and words we speak. These refer to different things. The wayward thoughts and words we use are lies that contradict scripture. For example, saying, God has forsaken me and doesn't love me anymore. Well, that doesn't match the truth found in scripture, so it is a lie and it is wayward. The negative thoughts and words we speak are unfruitful life-sucking words and thoughts that can be true or false and based on real or imagined scenarios. Like when we think about or comment on every negative circumstance that we're in. These are real circumstances. So that means that your words and thoughts are based on the truth, but focusing on them is unfruitful, steals joy, and ignores the perfect peace God has promised to us. So how do we renew the mind? By obeying 2 Corinthians 10.5, I'm going to read it one more time. Casting down imaginations, that's our thoughts, and every high thing, that could be thoughts, words, actions, that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Prior to God showing me this verse, I had been a Christian for over 25 years, so I knew scripture, and I even depended on scripture. But there is a difference between knowing and depending on Scripture and the game changer. Taking responsibility to challenge wayward or disobedient thoughts and replacing them with Scripture or biblical principles. Back in 2013, during that suicidal depression and that bipolar diagnosis, my thoughts were full of fear and anxiety, and I did nothing to cast them down. I didn't realize the choice and the power and the responsibility I had to quench the lies in my head and replace them with truth. But through 2 Corinthians 10.5, God taught me that every time our thoughts compete with Scripture, we are to choose to capture them, put them in their place, and correct them by exalting God's truth instead, and He gives us the power to do that. So before we continue, I want to clarify some terminology. The phrase wayward thought and temptation. These uh, th- This phrase and, and this word, they go hand in hand. When temptation 
is presented or when a wayward thought presents itself, they have no power except the power we give them. The thought itself is not a sin, nor is the temptation itself a sin. But what we do in the next few moments after they occur determines if we remain blameless or if we enter in, embrace, participate with that thought or temptation. Wayward thoughts and temptations are basically interchangeable words because a wayward thought can come from a temptation and a temptation could be a wayward thought. You can have a million temptations and a million wayward thoughts every day, but yet without sin. This is the power that 2 Corinthians 10.5 brings. When we cast down all million thoughts or temptations, we remain blameless. Notice in Hebrews 4.15 that scripture teaches us that our sinless Savior was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So temptation and contrary thoughts are not sin, but become sin when we enter in, embrace, exalt, participate, ruminate, or take any kind of action towards carrying them out. The choice we make in those few moments after the temptation or thought present themselves is what determines our fate. And I will explain and clarify this even further after we talk about exactly how to cast them down. So let's get practical. How do we cast down these thoughts and temptations and bring them into captivity like we are commanded to do? I will list the answer quickly and then I'll go back into detail on each point. So we must, number one, acknowledge the thought or temptation as contrary to scripture. Number two, we must disrupt, stop, dismiss, neglect, resist, reject the thought or temptation. And number three, we must correct the thoughts with scripture or biblical principles to bring them unto the obedience of Christ. So let's break this down. Number one, acknowledge. We have to acknowledge the thoughts or temptation as contrary to scripture. No pampering, no excuses. We must call it what it is. If it's contrary to scripture, then it's not true and we're not to follow it. We need to admit to ourselves that what we are thinking or speaking is going against scripture, that our skyscraper, like from episode one, is trying to exalt itself over God's. We must admit that and not deceive ourselves. Jeremiah 4.14 says, How long shall thy vain thoughts lodge within thee? And I love that God used the word lodge there because that's what we're doing if we don't acknowledge it as contrary to scripture. We're letting those thoughts live there and we're clinging to them and we must stop doing that and we must stop being content with them. So number one, we must acknowledge that we even have something to cast down at all, right? Secondly, we must disrupt, stop, dismiss, neglect, reject, resist. So many great words we could use there the contrary thought pattern or temptation and refuse to believe it, own it, or enter into it. Refuse to let it live in your mind and become a lifestyle. 
Psalm 119, 133 says, Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Our wayward thoughts are iniquity if we act on them, and we don't want them being in charge and having dominion over us, so we must take action against them. Here are some more synonyms of the wrong action that we would take on a thought or a temptation. Embrace, accept, giving our loyalty to. If we're doing that, then we're not casting it down. We have entered in. If we're starting to ruminate on that thought, we have entered in. If we are giving our loyalty to it, knowing that it contradicts truth, then we have entered in. Here's two more words, feed or empower. So are we feeding or empowering the thought, the wayward thought or the temptation? What power are we giving those thoughts? How much of our time and our life are those wayward thoughts and temptations stealing? And to remain sinless, the answer has to be none. We don't give them any power and we don't give them any of our time. But let me give you an example of how you can be feeding them and giving them your power. Uh, something that was happening to me, I noticed every time I would leave church, I would be driving home and for about 20 minutes of the drive, I would be ruminating over the conversations I had and the behaviors that I had at church. And I would be like, did I say something stupid? Oh, everybody must hate me. They must just think I'm done. They, they, you know, oh, it was awful. And I said, Lord, this is so exhausting. Will you please free me from this? And and I unfortunately allowed that to go on for several months. But once I just was like, enough, <laughs> I'm done with this. And I have power over this. Second Corinthians 10, 5 gives me power over this. Well, then I decided, I, I asked myself some questions. Did I actually say anything that was inappropriate? Well, almost always the answer is no. I mean, how often do we really say something that is harmful or that we should be blamed for? I mean, hopefully it's not the norm, right? It's not our lifestyle. It's an unusual or rare thing. So I had to reason with myself for a while and say, those are unfounded fears. And I did my best to behave in a in a way that was with a servant's heart, to be blameless, to be try to be a blessing to those around me. No, there wasn't anything I did. And if and if people don't like me, I have to put my reputation in God's hand. So that I allowed those wayward thoughts to be fed and empowered for several months, but then I put an end to it. And then here's another example, but unfortunately this one we allow to go on for months or years and that's bitterness or unforgiveness. That's a wayward thought. We can have the thought of bitterness and not act on it. But if we decide to empower it, feed it, embrace it, accept it, give our loyalty to it, exalt the bitterness and the unforgiving spirit that we have, it could go on the rest of our lives, couldn't it? That's why God warns us to, to let it go, to let it be far from us. Um, and that's a choice that we make. We have to cast down, dismiss, neglect, reject, resist those kind of thoughts because they are contrary to Scripture.
So number one, we said we have to acknowledge that there's a problem, that we're having a temptation or a thought that goes against scripture. Number two, we see that we have to make a choice. We have to disrupt, stop, dismiss, neglect, reject, resist, whatever the problem is and not embrace it or accept it or be loyal to it, hug it, exalt it, feed it, empower it, right? I love all those great adjectives. Now, thirdly, we must correct it. We must correct the thought that's trying to grab hold of us. Remember, the thought or the temptation itself is not a sin, but it is trying to get our attention. And so right now we have a choice. We've just decided to dismiss it, and now it would be wise to correct it. Correct the thoughts with scripture or biblical principles to bring them into obedience to Christ. And this gets those skyscrapers from episode one back into their correct order. Now, renewing my mind and casting down my wayward thoughts was extremely difficult for me way back in 2013 when I first got uh, a comp- started to comprehend this concept. My mind was so frantic and fearful and full of anxiety. I could I barely understood how to do this and I really did have fear and anxiety about how to cast out fear and anxiety. For the first several months, I didn't really know what to do. So I just said casting down imaginations whenever I recognized or acknowledged that I was having thoughts that were contrary to scripture thoughts of fear instead of peace and anxiety and just all those things that and despair and no hope, which are all contrary to scripture. So I just said casting down imaginations because I needed to replace the lies quickly and the fear quickly. And these were the only words that came to mind in my frantic state. I want you to understand that what we say to ourselves in these moments of temptation and in these moments when we recognize that our thoughts are contrary to scripture, it does not have to be a verse. It can be a biblical principle, like when I was driving home from church and I would say, my reputation is in God's hands. I couldn't think of the Bible verses that said that verbatim, but I knew that biblical principle. And I can say things like, I can have peace at all times. I don't need to be afraid. So notice I didn't say a verse there, but I did say a biblical principle based on what I knew was in scripture. And it can even be a phrase like, stop, that's not true. No, I resist and reject that. Don't let this process of how to renew the mind become complicated. Keep it simple because we're going to be doing this a gazillion times every day because how many thoughts do we have a day? A gazillion, right? And We have a million temptations a day, even if we don't even go out of our house. It needs to stay simple, and Scripture allows it to be simple. Don't add a bunch of rules to this. I want to make sure you understand that renewing the mind or resisting temptation does not have to be done with a verse, but it must not be contrary to a verse. Otherwise, we've just created another wayward thought, right? So the only rule in this process of renewing the mind And resisting temptation is that what we say in our minds must align with scripture. So this is why saying things like, stop, that's not true. No, I reject that. I resist that is okay because they are not competing with scripture. Those aren't wayward or negative words. They are being used to disrupt, reject, resist the wayward thought pattern, or the temptation. And aren't we supposed to do that? Resist the devil and he will flee from you? 
They are being used to keep us from entering into that sin that comes from the temptation or the thought. And you can change your wayward thoughts and words to things like gratitude and praise or choose things from the following verses to think on. This is Philippians 4, 8, and I'm just going to paraphrase. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You could follow Ephesians 5.19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Notice those are not um, verses. Renewing the mind doesn't just mean keep quoting Bible verses, right? Now, getting back to when I said that you could have a million wayward thoughts or temptations every day without sinning. Let's address that a little bit further. It's what we do or don't do that determines if we have conformed our mind to Christ's when a thought or temptation comes our way that doesn't align with Scripture. I believe 100% that that's true, that, that what I had said just a moment ago, that you can literally have a million wayward thoughts and a million temptations come your way every day, and that that's not where the sin is. The sin, the the freedom comes when you cast them down all those millions of times, okay? But God deepened my understanding of this truth and revealed a trap that I was in during a recent revival meeting with Dr. John Van, Dr. John Van Gelderen. Now, here's what he said from the pulpit. I actually wrote it down word for word. He said, is temptation a sin? Well, and everybody in the audience, including myself, said, no, we know it's not a sin. Scripture says that. So then he said, now, let me see if you believe what you said. If when you're tempted, do you find yourself immediately confessing it? (laughs) And I'm sure everybody in the audience, probably almost everybody kind of gulped and was like, oh, well, yes, I do. Including me. I I do. And he says, if you do, then you really believe that it is sin, but it is not. And I already mentioned to you Hebrews 4.15, where God says in all points that Jesus was in all points tempted, like as we are yet without sin. And so we know from scripture that the temptation and those wayward thoughts are not sin, but it's what we do with them. And Dr. Van Gelderen pointed out his testimony before God taught him this deepened part of this principle that we're not supposed to confess it. We don't confess temptation and, and wayward thoughts that we didn't act on. And he said before he understood this principle, he was constantly all day long asking forgiveness for the thoughts that came through his way, even though he wasn't acting upon them. And, oh, yes, I do the same thing. Do you? You recognize all day long that there's wayward thoughts and you feel terrible for having thoughts like that. You know, why do we even have thoughts that come our way like that? And and so we confess. But what Dr. Van Gelderen was explaining to us is that when you confess it, well, then you just entered in, you owned it. You said, that's mine. And he said, don't confess it, reject it. And this is exactly what he said. Reject it, not confess it. That is is as much of a life-changing truth as when God taught me the principle of casting down imaginations in 2 Corinthians 10.5 in 2013. It's so interesting, isn't it? How 
We can believe a portion of scripture, like the entire church family, I could tell in the audience, believed that the temptation wasn't a sin. But God used Dr. Van Gelderen to press us even further to ask us, when you're tempted, are you confessing it? Well, we, we, we felt, yes, yes, we do that. So that meant that we actually did believe that the wayward thought or the temptation that came through our mind was a sin. And can you see the trap and the snare that the devil laid us in? It's like we got part partial truth, <laughs> you know, and, and that's how the devil works. He takes truth and mixes it with lie. That's his specialty. So I'm so grateful for the ministry of preachers like Dr. Van Gilderen, who are relentless in their pursuit of the truth, and they are looking for the ways that the devil has deceived us and taken away freedom from us. The sentence to remember in all of what Dr. Van Gelderen had taught is reject it, not confess it, or else you are entering into it. That's really going to give us freedom in our day. Now, I want to say a few more things before we end this episode today. Concerning mental illness like I have, where does 2 Corinthians 10.5 fit in? Does it erase mental illness and cure us? Well, no, but it does allow us to gain a tremendous amount of freedom and control over our symptoms. Spiritual excellence does not erase a person's mental illness, but that doesn't mean that the word of God and claiming truth and casting down imaginations can't transform their lives. It did for me, literally saving my life. Still have bipolar, but wow, is my life different. It is important to recognize that not all people with mental illness have the ability to comprehend this principle that we're talking about. Mental illness varies significantly from person to person, even if they have the same diagnosis. And as I look back, On my journey of having bipolar since 2013, I can see how there were times when I was less able to apply this truth than others. So here's the key. When it comes to mental illness or uh, mental retardation or any kind of um, anything like that, here's what I believe. In proportion to the ability of our mind to think clearly and rationally, is the proportion we are to take responsibility for our thoughts and mind. So let's read our key verse one last time. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This verse, 2 Corinthians 10.5, when applied and lived out in our lives, performs miracles by giving us the spiritual power we need to take back tremendous control of our mind, allows us to stop being a slave to our thoughts, and allows us to get victory over entering into temptation. But we have to do the work. No one else can do it for us. We are the only ones that can do it. And God will be patient as we learn how to do this. He's a wonderful teacher, isn't he? But we must do our part, which is to take responsibility. That is how we become free. We never face this battle of the mind alone. Christ has given us the victory. We just have to claim it. And in a future episode, I will go into even more details of 
what Dr. Van Gelderen was teaching us in that revival meeting because there are different kinds of spiritual warfare and different kinds of temptation. And there's even further teaching on how to cast down the fiery darts of the evil one. So I can't wait to share that with you. But for now, just take it one day at a time, one thought at a time, and be gracious to yourself as God is gracious to you as you learn. Remember, he's on your side. Here's a beautiful verse, Psalm 86, 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. And then a prayer that you can say as you seek to pursue this mind of Christ. You can say, God, please continue to reveal where I am pampering, excusing, or disconnecting my wayward thoughts from your will, your involvement, and your opinion. Now, I'm not going to end with a song today. This episode was long. So on your own, you can go listen. In the next episode, we are lifting up God's word as the power source, and we talk about how believing its power is foundational to the principle of renewing the mind. I will be talking about what I call God's lifestyle instructions and how we tend to minimize the impact of simple instructions like be ye kind one to another, or even renewing the mind. We allow them to become cliche. But these kind of simple lifestyle instructions form God's blueprint to getting victory and living the abundant life he says we can have. So I hope you'll you'll join me. And uh, I will see you next week. Take care. Today I'm leaving the song choice up to you. You can stream my music anywhere music can be found. You can purchase it digitally anywhere music can be found, and you can purchase the actual CD from my website at jenniferscow.com. Thank you for joining me and connecting with me on my podcast today. I'm your host, Jennifer Scow. And like I always do, I leave you with two tips. Invite God to everything and keep choosing loyalty to God's thoughts above your own. And please remember to leave that written review on Apple Podcasts. This allows Apple to show the podcast to more of our brothers and sisters in Christ so that they too can get the tools they need to get victory in this battle for the mind. It is a pleasure serving with you and fighting this battle of the mind together. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. Love, Jennifer. Jennifer.